All right, take your Bibles, if you would, this morning to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verses 1 through 5. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. How many of you are looking forward to Leah just growing up for Jesus? Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to keep in contact. You're going to stay on Facebook, right, so we can keep seeing what's going on. Even when family moves away, how many of you know they're still family? Now, I want to preach a message this morning the Lord laid on my heart entitled, Light in the Darkness. Light in the Darkness. And on this first Sunday of Advent, and Advent just simply means the coming, the first coming of Jesus. That's what Advent is. And as we enter into the Christmas season, and on this first day of Hanukkah, which is the celebration of the Festival of Lights, I want to preach a message this morning of hope. I want to preach a message of encouragement. How many of you could use just a little bit more hope? If you could, say a good amen. Tell someone next to you, I've got hope this morning. Come on. Now, some of you sound like you're still a little bit sleeping. Sound, how many of you still have a full belly of turkey? Anybody have leftovers this morning before you came to church? Just mashed potatoes and gravy for breakfast. No, there's some good people here. All right. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him and without Him. Nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and watch this, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The Amplified Bible gives that last verse, the light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it, or overpower it, or appropriate it, or absorb it, and is unreceptive to it. The New Living Translation says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. If you believe that, say a good amen. amen. Now, Lord, we come to you this morning. May we decrease, may you increase. Thank you that you're the light of the world. And Father, I pray that this word would not only resonate in us, but would be deeply implanted into us. That, Father, we would live as children of light. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. Christmas is a season of light. I love to look at the lights. I love to look at the neighborhoods. I love to see the lights in our home. How many of you are already decorated for Christmas? How many of you still have to decorate for Christmas? How many of you are not going to decorate one bit for Christmas? All right. (laughs) Hallelujah. Listen, I do like it. I have no choice. My wife decorated the last two days. We have lights all over the house, snowmen, manger scenes, all that. I've got to tell you, it is beautiful. Last night, we turned on the tree and just sat and relaxed in the quiet together. Listen, it is easy when you look around the world today to get discouraged. It's easy when life is difficult and you're going through one thing after the another to wonder if the darkness is winning. It is natural when you are praying for someone and you do not see a change to wonder if the witness you have been and the word of God that you have shared is making a difference. But I want to remind you this morning that whenever light shows up, it always wins. Light always wins. Darkness cannot stop light, it cannot dim it, and it cannot quench it. I want to remind you today that wherever light is, darkness flees. And remember, darkness is simply the absence of light. 
So even just a little light renders darkness no longer darkness. And I want that to rock your world today. Just a little bit of light makes all the difference in the world. If you believe that, say a good amen. See, there are levels of brightness, but there are not levels of darkness. Pitch black is still black, but dim is not darkness, it is light. It may be dim light, but it is still light. And even just a little light helps you to see. Someone needs to hear what I'm trying to tell you this morning, and that's this. Light always wins over darkness. Even shades of gray are not levels of darkness. They are simply levels of light. And we will often quote that God is love. And he is. He does not just contain love. He is love. He is not the essence of love. He is not love personified. Love is the essence of God. It is sourced by God and personified by God. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now watch this. 1 John 4, 16 and 19 says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. How many of you have believed the love that God has for you? God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now listen, many Christians grasp the idea that God is love. And once that reality is fully grasped, it changes our life. But I want to remind you this morning that God is not only love, God is light. I want you to hear that again. God is not only love, he is light. 1 John 1, 5 says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Just as God is love, God is light. He does not just have light. He is the source of all light in all of its forms, natural and spiritual. I want you to think about this for just a minute. The light that is shining outside in this wonderful Florida November day comes from God himself. The light of the knowledge of God and the light that God has in the spiritual comes from God himself. Listen, God is light. And the first thing that God did at creation is to make physical light. The Bible says that he 
spoke into the darkness. Can I tell you that just as he is, so are we in the world. Do you realize that we get to speak into the darkness? Turn to someone and tell them to speak some light this morning. Come on, tell them just a little bit. Now watch this. You need to grasp this today. Darkness is not something. Darkness is nothing. And into nothing, Jesus spoke light. Nothing could be made unless there was light first because there was nothing. So light and God is the source of everything. God is the start and the source, the creative point in everything that is going on, not only in the world, but in the spirit. Often we hear this saying, Satan is the prince of darkness. So here's what I want you to remember that that means, that he is the prince of nothing. Can I tell you in the dark world that we're living in now, not only is God light, stop getting upset about what the devil is doing. He is the prince of darkness. That means that while we think he's up to something, it will always come to nothing. Come on, someone needs to grasp that today because God is the light of the world. As light, God does not just have knowledge. He is the source of all knowledge and the source of all understanding. And because he is wisdom, all knowledge and understanding flow from him. So to know God is to be enlightened, and whenever God is, and wherever God is, the Bible says that darkness will flee. I want to remind you that darkness can't do anything about the light. Would you listen to me for a minute? Light is always greater than darkness. Do you realize that not only the moment that God spoke light into the world did the physical darkness flee, but the moment that Jesus was born and came to this earth, immediately God did away with all spiritual darkness. How many of you believe right now that anything the devil is up to has already been taken care of by the light of Jesus Christ? Someone needs to hear me this morning. You're dealing with some things in your family. You're dealing with issues in your body. You're dealing with things that the devil may be trying to do in people that you know and love or in the world in general. You can see the darkness at work. But I want you to remember that the darkness Satan brings is nothing because Jesus is everything. Can we give him praise in the house of God this morning? I'll tell you, it's interesting as we're watching what's going on in the world, how many Christians in this season of Christmas have forgotten that Jesus lives. Darkness can't do anything about the light. And light is always greater than the darkness. John 1.5 says, And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That word comprehend is the Greek word that is katalambo. And it is the, a combination of the word kata and lambano. I can't say it right. Everything sounds Italian when I speak another language. But the word kata carries the force of something that is dominating and subjugating. The word lambano means the su to seize or grab of hold of. So when the two words are compounded, they mean to seize, 
to pull down, to tackle, to conquer, or to hold under one's power. So this verse really can be translated, darkness does not have the ability to suppress or to hold the light under its domain. Listen, darkness has no power over the light. Now this doesn't mean that darkness won't attempt to overcome the light. And its efforts will always be frustrated and unsuccessful because the light of God always prevails even in what seems the darkest hour or the bleakest situation. Listen to me. Darkness simply doesn't have the power or the ability to put out God's light. Now hear me. Since you are a child of the light as a Christian, this means that darkness doesn't have the ability to put out your light either. Someone needs to hear that this morning. Ephesians 5, 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children as light. Can I put this in layman's terms for you? Shine. Just shine. Listen, how many of you know that God called you to shine? Touch someone next to you and tell them God called you to shine. Tell them, you were called to shine. If you think the lights on your house or your Christmas tree are bright, understand this Christmas season that God called you to shine bright in this world. Just shine. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And that word in the Greek, overcomes, is the Greek word nikos, and it means to conquer. It was used to portray athletes who had gained the mastery of the competition and ultimately reigned supreme as champion over the games. Listen, I love to watch athletes who are masters at what they do. I love football season. I love to see those receivers when they go up and they catch a ball with one hand and they bring it in when it should be impossible to catch. I love to see a running back when he gets in the field and he puts a juke on three or four guys and they all miss. And then when he's got his speed going and someone goes to tackle him, he just runs them over. How many of you know? I love to watch a quarterback when he puts the perfect spiral on the ball and threads it right through three defenders and into the hand of a receiver. It is a beautiful thing to see people who have mastered what God has put in their life. Listen, do you understand what God has put inside of you? Do you understand the person that God created you to be as a believer? And all he wants you to do is be in the field of competition in this world and just shine in the world. Let your light so shine before man. Come on, how many of you will let your light shine this morning? Well, there's a few of you still awake, but that's okay. I'm just gonna keep preaching. You can sleep through the whole thing if you want, but I'm still excited for Jesus. I want to tell you this morning that the Holy Spirit was careful in the selection of that word. It communicates the image of us walking in faith and walking in victory. It tells us that when we began the walk of faith, that we entered into a real competition. And the decision to walk by faith puts us right in the center of the ring where the contest is going on with all of its energy. And it's important to understand 
Because we often presume wrongly, I might add, that if we walk by faith that we're going to be removed from all of our problems. I don't know if you've noticed, but that's just not true. But our faith actually puts us directly opposite of the devil's power. He hates our faith because he knows what it can do. And for this reason, Satan may try to take you out of the game. But I want to remind you that even if he knocks you flat, the devil can't keep you on the ground. The apostle Paul went through so many things and he said this, I was cast down but not destroyed. One translation said, we occasionally get knocked down but we never get knocked out. How many of you have been down but you're not out? Can you say a good amen this morning? Remember that those who are born of God have the supernatural ability to keep getting up again. No matter how many times you might fall. The Bible says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That means that no matter what's happening, we will be overcomers and we will be champions. Do you realize the position that you and I stand in? I want to tell you that as the God of this world, the devil may try to use the world around us to do battle with us. But regardless of whatever weapons he chooses, 1 John 5, 4 says that we have a faith that overcomes the world. This means that we have a faith in God, a trust in God that overrides, supersedes anything that he might organize, any event, any circumstance or difficulty that Satan would try to employ against us. I will tell you, he might be the God of this world, but do you know that we have weapons so powerful that we can shoot him down every single time that he shows up uninvited? It reminds us that darkness does not have the ability to suppress or to hold the light under its domain. Darkness may try to prevent light from shining, but it never holds back the light permanently. And eventually, light comes shining through. There were several words that we looked at at the beginning of this word to describe the relationship that light has with darkness. First of all, the Bible says that darkness can't comprehend light. Do you understand this morning that darkness doesn't have the ability to understand light? It doesn't. How does nothing understand something? Because if nothing becomes something, it then ceases to be nothing anymore. Do you understand that's exactly what happened to us? Someone needs to hear this this morning. Darkness can't be reasoned with. It just must be illuminated. And we once were darkness. But the Bible says we are now children of light. 1 Corinthians 1.18 in the Amplified says, For the message of the cross is foolishness. It's absurd and illogical to those who are perishing and spiritually dead because they reject it. But to us who are being saved by God's grace, it is the manifestation of the power of God. How many of you are thankful for the power of God that has been manifested in your life? And that light is being manifested in the world. Now watch this because darkness does not understand light. 
It is unreceptive to it. I want to remind you this morning that darkness does not desire a relationship with light. A lot of Christians are walking in the world today and we can't figure out why the reaction of the world is the way it is to the gospel or to purity or to integrity and to honesty and to righteousness. It's because the world has no desire for those things. Darkness will try to appropriate, try to absorb, try to extinguish, and try to overcome. But light and darkness will never, ever be able to coexist together. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally bound together with unbelievers. Do not make mismatch alliances with them, inconsistent with your faith. For what partnership can righteousness have with lawlessness, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? I want to remind you that this is where a lot of Christians get into trouble. We get in business relationships, romantic relationships, partnerships, and friendships with people who walk in darkness. I want to remind you that anytime light and darkness come together, there will be conflict. And light and darkness can never coexist peacefully because darkness does not like the light. And the light will always drive out the darkness. Oh, do you hear what I'm telling you this morning? In the world we live in, I want you to know that you're going to find that conflict going on around us. But light always wins. See, this is why we need to remember that light always attracts light. While light repels darkness, light always attracts light. This is why there's such an attraction to people who are walking with God. I love getting around other believers. Man, there's just, don't you love other Christians? Listen, I love the people of God. I love the family of God. I don't care what denomination they're from. I really don't. I don't care what background they came out of, whether they've been rich or poor, whether they're from another part of the world or they're from our neck of the woods. How many of you know that the people of God, light is still light? And there is something familiar There is that relationship that's so beautiful. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Oh, I love the cleansing power of God. You see, for those who walk in the light, there is always fellowship. And when we disagree on things, it is the blood that helps to clean up that mess. How many of you are thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ? I want you to mark this down if you're taking notes this morning. One of the things that light does is reveal. We say things like, well, once this comes to light, everyone will understand We say, oh, now I see the light. But I want to remind you of this. Light reveals and darkness conceals. This is why transparency is such a good thing. Because in Jesus, there's nothing that's hidden. As light, Jesus reveals our need for a Savior. 
And he actually reveals our need for everything. John 8, 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I want to remind you that with Jesus, nothing is hidden. Luke eight seventeen says, For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Ephesians 5.13 says, But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Can I tell you, a lot of Christians right now are upset about a lot of things because they say, why don't people see? Why don't people know? Why isn't it clear to them? That's because darkness is concealing it. But can I tell you, Jesus will bring everything to light and light always wins. We don't have to worry because Jesus is the light of the world. Everything will be understood. I don't mind when there's confusion because I know that Jesus will bring things to light and he'll dispel the confusion. Remember that as light, Jesus brings everything in the darkness into the open. Ray Stedman told a story how years ago he went to visit the Grand Canyon early in his ministry. And he was driving alone from Texas to Southern California and on the way there he said he picked up a couple high school boys who were hitchhiking. And on the spur of the moment, they decided to leave Highway 66 and to drive to see the Grand Canyon. And when they got there, it was about 10.30 at night, and they made the decision that they would have to spend the night in the canyon. And since they were traveling with limited funds, and if you've ever been out there, there's very few hotels and motels, especially that don't get filled up in the canyon, they decided they were going to sleep there in the Grand Canyon. And so they arrived at the park after midnight, and they found a wide spot in the road. They pulled the car over. They pulled out their sleeping bags, went and laid down a few feet into the trees. And when they woke up in the morning, he realized that he was actually an arm's length from the end of the canyon. If he had just rolled over in his sleep, he would have dropped about a mile down into the canyon. He would have fallen over the edge. In the darkness, they didn't see it, but in the light, it was very clear. Can I tell you that God can protect you in the natural from things that you don't see in the dark? People say, do you get worried when you're walking in the dark? No, because I've got the light of the world. If I don't have a flashlight, I still I know I've got Jesus to help protect and keep and keep us safe. But I want to tell you that you need to understand that the things the enemy will put in your path, the things that the enemy will try to put there to have you roll over and wind up in a hole you didn't bargain for. How many of you believe that Jesus is one who never sleeps and never slumbers and he can keep you from falling? If you believe that, say a good amen. Ephesians 5, 11 through 14 says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Remember darkness always has something to conceal. 
It always has something to hide. Darkness is really only welcome when we're asleep. And God says to us, it's time to wake up. Darkness always works in the shadows and in the corners. And with God, there are no shadows and no need for shadows. And when God brings his light into a situation, he drives things out of the shadows. Can I tell you, I always love bringing things out of the shadows. You know when people are in the corners hiding, doing nasty things, and they want no one to see it? Listen, I love to be the guy to shine the light into those places. I think it's fun to watch demons scatter. Come on, someone say a good amen. I love to shine the light of Jesus Christ into a situation and show you this is what you're dealing with. This is what it is. This is clearly not of God. Let's drive out the darkness and let God do his work. You see, there is a beautiful thing about the Lord. He never works in the shadows. He brings everything into the open. He brings everything into the light. James 1.17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Light is never meant to be hidden. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, you are the light of the world. Turn to someone right now and tell them you're the light of the world. Go ahead. Tell them you're light. Do you realize that you are the light of the world? Listen, people say when you walk into a room, it seems like people notice who you are. Listen, no matter where I go, no matter who I'm dealing with, no matter what situation is, even if I try to go somewhere and be inconspicuous, somehow I wind up not being conspicuous. People say, well, that's your personality. No, no, that's the light of Jesus. Wherever we go, the Bible says to shine. He didn't say to show off. He just said to shine. He said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, a city on a hill can clearly be seen. Now watch this. It is simply seen because the people in the city are going about their daily lives. A city on a hill does not set out to be a lighthouse. It is just one naturally because it has light and that light is going to shine. God says that we are to let our light so shine that people may clearly see the way that we are living. And the Bible says that it will cause them to glorify God in heaven. Just live in the light. Those who desire darkness always head for the shadows. But those who long for the light will always walk towards you. How do you know that another person is in the light? Because they're not afraid of the light. Can I tell you, you've got to know what you're dealing with if you're dealing with darkness and if you're dealing with light. And here's the thing. People always say, well, what do I do if I'm dealing with darkness? Just be light. 
A lot of times Christians think that we got to do a whole lot of things. Give me a three-step way that I can deal with someone when I realize that they're darkness and that I'm light. How do I deal with that person? Just be light. Live for Jesus. You don't have to try to be anything that you're not. You just have to be who you are. How many of you know you are the light of the world because Christ lives in you? A lot of people think that it's a difficult thing to be a Christian. The Bible just says, let your light so shine before man. And the truth is, the darker the room, the more intense your light becomes. I want to remind you that there's not levels of darkness. There are levels of light. Do you know what happens When you walk into a dark room and you turn on the light, people like to close their eyes. How many of you used to like to wake up your kids for school? I really did. I always would wake up my kids, especially when they got to high school, they'd like to sleep. My wife was nice and gentle. She'd walk in, come on, it's time to get up. She was so patient. Come on, honey, it's time to wake up. Oh, come on, young man, just wake, it's going to be okay, just wake up. Dad, on the other hand, would try that one time. After that, I'm finished with that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I would turn on every light in the room. Come on, it's time to get up. It's time to wake up. Your time to get out of bed. It's time to take on the world. Time to be a part of your day. And the kids would always do this. And then they'd pull a blanket over their head because they love darkness. And there were a couple mornings I'd get spiritual with them. I'd be like, quit going into the darkness and come into the light. And they'd be like, Dad, quit preaching to me. I said, then get out of bed. Because how many of you know as a preacher, I'm just getting started. Understand this. Church, we get so shocked when we're dealing with darkness that when we come in, that the people have become so used to the darkness, they don't know how to deal with the light. And you feel that. What's wrong with people? Nothing. They're responding naturally to the environment they've grown used to. The problem is Christians want to back away and go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm too big for you. I don't want to be too strong for you. I don't want to offend you. Listen, light's offensive to darkness because light always drives out the darkness. I will never make an apology for being light. I'll never make an apology. And listen, here's the great thing. Light drives out darkness. Light in itself to those who are in darkness might be annoying. It might be aggravating. But can I tell you, if they will stay in the light, they will adjust to the light. Come on. Can you understand that? People, I don't understand. It's taking them a little while to come around to what's going on. That's because they've been used to the darkness. Quit being frustrated with their ability and give them a chance to adjust. How many of you know God gave us things in the natural to understand things in the spiritual? Just be light. But don't apologize for it. If you need to step back a minute so you're not like a spotlight in their eyes going, how you doing? Can I tell you, you need to understand how people are responding. This Christmas season is marvelous. Jesus is the light of the world. All over the world, people know what season it is. I don't care if they call it winter break now in school. I'd like them to call it Christmas break, but they call it winter break now. It's Florida. I think that's ridiculous because how many of you know it's still hot? They may not want to call it Christmas break, but everybody knows what it is. It doesn't aggravate me that they want to call it something else. Darkness doesn't want to give in to light. But the Bible says just let your light shine. 
If someone looks at you and says, Happy Holidays, say thank you. Merry Christmas. Don't get offended by it. Don't try to correct them. Just answer back with light. Be a blessing to where you are. Jesus told his disciples, don't tell it now. Don't tone it down. Shine your light so people can clearly see it. Go about your life as a Christian every day, and your normal everyday living will serve as a beacon of hope in a dark world. Mark this down. Because we are the light of the world, anytime we walk in darkness, we have to intentionally hide our light. 1 John 1, 5 and says, 6 says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and don't practice the truth. Church, I want to remind you that any time we intentionally walk in darkness, we also have to intentionally also be hiding our light. We have to cover it. We have to intentionally dim it or put it out. That means that as a believer, if you're going to sin, it has to be planned. And it has to be conscious. I want to remind you this morning that no Christian accidentally sins. You must consciously invite darkness by intentionally dimming your own light. And the problem with the world and the problem with darkness is that it likes darkness. John 3.19 in the Amplified says, This is the judgment that is the cause for indictment, the test by which people are judged, the basis for the sentence. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. As Christians, we love the light and we are to walk and live in the light. Can I tell you the wild fact is that there are people who actually love the darkness. And there are reasons why evil people are called children of the night. But as Christians, we are called to walk the same way Jesus does. 1 John 2, I want to read these two as I close. Now by this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. 1 John 2, 8 through 11 says, Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away. And the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I want to go back to this fact. God is love, and God is light. And if we're walking in the light, then we're also going to walk in love. And the truth is that light and love are one and the same because they all stem from who God is. 
Can I encourage you this Christmas season? Walk in light and walk in love. If there's sin that you're struggling with, it means that you're hiding it. You have to. If you're living in sin as a believer and you're making choices not to follow God and no one knows about it, the only reason that's true is because you've intentionally hit it. How do you know that you're not doing what's of the Lord? Because you've intentionally had to make things in the dark. I want to tell you everything that I have, I want to be in the light. Can I tell you, it just makes it better. As Christians, we're so afraid of things. Well, if people just knew what I was struggling with, they think differently of me. No, they just know that you're real. But if you're bringing to the light, how many of you know you have freedom? And that's walking in love. Not only is that an encouragement that other people would know that you struggle, but it's being accountable to a brother and sister. I trust you to love me in the midst of what you're seeing and to help me walk in the light of God's love and freedom. Why? Because light will always draw, drive out darkness. Sometimes the greatest prayer you can pray is, Lord, not only illuminate me with your knowledge, but I pray that you bring to light everything that's going on. Not that you want everything to be public knowledge, but how many of you know, Lord, bring to light every bit of darkness in me. Drive out every dark area of my life, any shadows in my life, any area that the enemy's trying to operate. People say, listen, does that really work? Yes. Anytime you try to keep, like when people are dealing with addictions or dealing with trouble, they'll always say, I just don't want anyone to know. Well, as long as you keep it in the darkness, you're going to keep struggling with it. There'll be no victory. Lord, just bring it into the light. But here's the thing. When God brings it into the light, how many of you know we need to love those people through it? God is faithful. Light and love are who God is. You can't have one without the other. It's either both or neither. But I want you to remember this morning, in all things, light overcomes the darkness. If you're dealing with a struggle, listen, there's light. Not at the end of the tunnel. There's light in Jesus. You'll come out on the other end. If you're going through a financial time, how many of you know the provider's already bringing light right into the middle of it? If you've got a family member that's struggling with something, God's light is right there, and light always wins. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, we thank you that you're the light of the world. We thank you for Jesus. Lord, as we come into this beginning season, as we've stepped into the Christmas season, we thank you for one of the most wonderful times of the year. A time of refreshing. A time that reminds us of what we believe and who we believe. It's a season that reminds us why we trust you. In the middle of a desert country, at night you sent the light of the world. Angels surrounded him. Shepherds celebrated him. Mary and Joseph stood in awe as you worked through them. Lord, this morning we thank you that you are light and you are life. 
Lord, I thank you that because you are the light of the world, we have victory. And because we are the light of the world, we bring victory everywhere we go. Lord, I thank you that you use us to drive out darkness. I pray that in this room that these champions would understand that they are the light of the world. Lord, I thank you for that fresh anointing. Lord, not to just carry us into the Christmas season, but a fresh revelation that not only are you light, but it is your light that shines through us and makes a difference in the world. Lord, I thank you today that light always wins. I pray that, that Lord, you would drive out discouragement and fear today in Jesus' name. Lord, as we look at the world around us, they're talking about inflation, they're talking about uh, oil troubles, they're talking about all those things, but Lord, light drives out darkness. We thank you, Lord, that not eventually do you win, we thank you, you've already won. And so do we. I thank you, Lord, we're walking in victory. If you're having areas of your life right now where you just feel like the darkness is winning, would you lift your hands? Across this room, if there's something going on in your life, I want to tell you, I believe God is here to take care of that in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now for those that lifted their hands across the room, for those watching at home, for those sitting in their car, for those at work that are listening to this later on in the day. I pray in Jesus' name that the light would just invade that area of their life right now. I thank you, Lord, that you won't only bring understanding to what it is, but you're bringing victory, healing, truth, and goodness. And Lord, we receive that today in the precious name of Jesus. Now, Lord, as we walk out of this place, many of us are getting ready to go back to work tomorrow. We've had some downtime. We've had some vacation time. And Father, we thank you for a season of rest. Lord, but I also pray that, Lord, as we go back into the world, when we leave the confines of these four walls, that we would be light everywhere we go. Jesus, we thank you for salvations this coming season. That, Father, you draw family and friends and even those that you might consider enemies. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to bring them to Jesus this season. And there'll be glory in the house in Jesus' precious name. Everybody said amen. Listen, the Lord bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon.